0: Hello, everybody, again. We're going to get started, so if you want to grab a last epitaphatic, you and get seated. Um, I want to introduce you to you this gentleman that's our special music tonight. He's also going to share a little bit of his story, his life story, uh, in between a couple songs. Uh, this is James Betts, I'm a little bit of anything and uh, he's actually been playing a few venues in the northern area here recent times, and time, uh, and he's from Melville so uh we won't hold that against him, but uh, anyway, he's got a great spirit. He's got a great uh, talent here. He's going to share with us tonight. So would you please make welcome, Mr. James Betts. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, James. Very much.
1: There's something wrong with my two hours. I don't even that's enough. I do to get this this week. Uh, as I said, my name is James. I've uh, been living in L.O. With my, with my wife for, I guess, what, eight years now? Seven eight years? And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a fantastic journey. Um, so it's it's so exciting to be here. I've been part of uh, a church family for quite a few years now. and I just absolutely love it. So I'm going to play an old, new song first. This is like a cover song, but I know whenever I hear this song, it's like, wow, this song sounds like an old song. and I just love it so much. Yeah.
2: i been healed by
1: so much they have such a deep meaning. Uh, I've always loved the music part ever since I was a little kid but uh, in the last six seven years I've grown I've grown so much in Jesus that the words are just so in me I just I love the music part now I'm just in love with the with the words.
3: Today.
2: It all gets You see my life for the very first time Through different limits. Yesterday I, did. I didn't understand I'm 35 with a rocket inside Didn't know what I had well, I've been waiting to live
1: As you get. <laughs> so I'm going to share a little bit of my, uh, my life. Um, it's been a crazy, great life. Thanks to that woman, she changed my life by bringing me to, uh, to God, to Jesus. Grew up in a, in a small town inside in, uh, in Ontario, instead of Toronto. And, uh, we were definitely not a religious family at all. Kind um, of a you know a East Coast family here uh, from uh, from Pittsburgh. Uh My parents were anyway, so I was born in Toronto. But uh, yeah, I grew up in a house where it's like we always had Christmas, and it was always Santa Claus and Rudolph and I had no idea what Christmas meant for real. So. Um, until I was older, much older, so um, so it's a little different nowadays when we, when we celebrate Christmas in the house. But you know, I was one of those kids. I didn't grow up uh, in, in a church. Um, I didn't have a church family. I didn't. I didn't understand. Um, I was one of those those kids, like, or not even kids. I was an adult saying it's like, You know, it's like oh look at because of the Bible. It's like, ooh, scary, right? <laughs> and, and it's so funny how, how things work out because it's like, I, I think I was just thinking that way because it's like, I was just scared. I was scared of what I already knew inside. Um, it was, it, it, it's just a crazy time in my life. And then, uh, when, I, when I met my, my wife, that was a, that was the changing, the turning point when like God put her in my life. Uh, She's like, she's always been a church girl always and uh, she's like this is a really big part of my life <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me like about this <laughs> uh, and uh, she's like this is a very big part of my life i'm like that's awesome i have nothing against it she's like i would like if you want to like no pressure like come to church with me i'm like all right let's, let's go we were just dating at the time and uh you know she's probably scared i run run the other way but um, so we went to church, and it was, uh, it was an intense church. It was a Pentecostal church, and it was a uh, First Nations Pentecostal church. So, I, you know, me being me, yeah, I'm like I'm an open, open guy, and I was like I was pretty scared. It was it was pretty intimidating. Um, they had a fire tunnel, and these people were falling down all <laughs> over the place, and they put blankets over there and I'm like, what what <laughs> he's okay. He's just he's in the spirit. That's awesome. Okay, so being the kind of person I am, I take a lot of time to learn something. So even now in my journey, I am like still, I'll go to my my wife this night, like, okay, let's, let's read this scripture and like, you have to just decipher what little things say. It's, it's, it can be confusing. It's really confusing for me sometimes, and that's okay, because I've always felt it here. And just reading the word now, it's like, oh, God, that's why. That's that connects the dots, right? And it's like, and that's why God gave me these, these amazing things that I, that, 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 not so much like, oh, wow, I can play guitar, I can play drums. That's awesome, but I practiced really hard to do that, but He gave me the, the passion to want to do that, and now want to do it for him. He is the audience of one, and he is, uh, yeah, whenever I play music, that's, that's who it's for. I mean, everyone's along for the ride, and I love that. And, uh, but music has been one of those things in my life where it's, it's, uh, it's my go-to. Like, people have their, their happy place. This is, I can actually talk with this in front of me. I was, uh, I was at a men's breakfast yesterday morning, and I was actually speaking for the very first time about my life story, and, and I was kind of like, okay, I have no drums and no front of me. I'm kind of freaking out of here. Um, but it was intimidating, but uh, it feels much more comfortable with this, uh, with this in front of me. So going on with a little bit of my life story, um, 2020 has been a very challenging year, uh, obviously for everybody. 2021, obviously as well. Uh, January 2020, I had a, a, a major heart attack, and they uh, they uh, the, I went to I was at work I was working at a restaurant in, in the and uh, something felt off. I was uh, not feeling great, obviously. <coughs> And uh, so I, you know, I left work, I went home and tried to shake it off because I didn't know what was happening, of course. And, you know, I went on, on the Google machine and I'm like, what is happening to me? I have my sore arm, I feel nauseous, you're probably having a heart attack. Oh, okay. So I drove myself to the hospital and they confirmed it there. It's like, hey, you're having, a, you're having a heart attack. Yeah, so good thing you came in. Um, they rushed me to job and they tried to do a stent surgery and was unsuccessful with that. They were very concerned. So they, uh, it was an unsuccessful surgery. Uh, so the other doctor came in and said, hey, we have to do an bypass." class. So being 47 at the time, I'm like, they're like, is this running in your family? like, no, this is, you know, I've always been a lover of food. Um, I haven't made great choices of food in my life, that's for sure. But um, yeah, so I went to when the surgery, and came out, and uh, I had uh, they had done a kind of fucking cool. So it was it uh, was an intense time in my life. Um, still, after effects years later, but at first I couldn't even hold my guitar, and now I'm like, I gotta be up here still. and play for God. <laughs> so it's like, you know what? Amen. Amen to that, brother. It's like there was a time where I needed to be still. I just needed to be still. And it was hard because this, was, this is what I had. But I've since realized that this doesn't define me. He defines me. This is what I do for him and what I love to do. But it doesn't define who I am. And uh, that's what I'm going through right now in this in this stage of my life. It's like realizing that I am not the sum of what I can do. I'm, I was a, a cover band in Ontario for many years. I was touring Ottawa, Montreal. And you know, the cool guy on stage playing drums and singing and whatnot. But um, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to do that again. Because I'd rather be right here with you people sharing God's word through music. That's, and that's the honest truth. Um, it's uh, It's been a fantastic, fantastic journey. And uh, it's still ongoing, it never stops. And uh, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, so going through the heart attack was obviously tough, you know, and through those trials and tribulations, I lost my mom this year, which was heartbreaking, of course. Um, you know, bad, bad my dad has dementia. Uh, it's, been, it's been a difficult year, but it's like, without without Jesus in my life, I don't know how I could be coping, um, honestly, because it, it's been really hard, and uh, relying on God for. For this time of my life is what I have. I have my family, my wife, and uh, and God, number one. He's, he's my number one. It's like whenever I have those thoughts in my head, it's like you know thinking of my mom, thinking of this or the heart attack or whatever. It's like he's my go-to. And I, like I said, I didn't grow up in the church. I uh, I just fell in love with church in the last ten years. And when when it was time to when God put me in that place. When it was time to to make that walk, make that transition. He's like, Here, how's Cassandra? And she'll she'll hold your hand for the first little walk. And then, you know, and now we go out together. You know, she I follow her walk, she follows my walk. And it's just it's an amazing thing, thank goodness for But uh, yeah, that's just a little bit of my life story. And I'm gonna play play a song that was uh, one of the first songs I wrote as a Christian artist. I know I don't like being labeled as that because I just, I love being a musician. Um, but I love all sorts of music, and I love my harmonica sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I love blues, and I love funk, and I love old classics, and old country, and new country, and everything. I just love music all the other classical style. This is one I wrote in 2020, in March 2020, of all things. Just after my heart attack, I'm like, it just, like, fell into place. I'm like, this song needs to happen. And uh, it was kind of like my my COVID song, I suppose, it was like, because we weren't allowed to go to church. It's like, hey, that's my place. I need to go to church. And uh, so this song came on my heart, and I'm like, started so writing words, and I'm like, yeah, church is not a building. So this is the song that came out of it.
2: where you are. is there.
1: Uh, something very exciting too, since uh, all this uh, COVID now, since that uh, tele-miracle is still happening. And uh, I auditioned for this year, and I will be on TeleMiracle representing uh, the area. So I'm hoping that some other people the, will be uh, on TeleMiracle as well. And I'm playing the Christian song, which is fantastic. So I'm very excited for that. I'm going to do uh, one uh, seasonal song. I love this song. Um, Oh,
2: holy night, stars are brightly shining, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Till he appeared and the soul felt his word.
0: Blue gospel business then is about giving a platform for various people, various places to share their life story, to share their skill set, whether it's music or whether it's testimony, or as uh, maybe a little more modern way of saying it, is life story. And uh, that's what we're all about here tonight. We're not a church. For those of you who've never been to one of these before, if you're a guest of ours here tonight for the very first time, would you put up your hand? We'd just like to see how many people are here for the very first time. Two, three, four. But if you can we give a big hand? <laughs> we're not, uh, as I said, we're not a church. Just like so explain things a little bit. Uh, I guess you can say we're marketplace ministers. You know, we're, we're there's people here tonight that don't go to church at all, and definitely if they do, we're not from the same one. We're from various churches across the spectrum. So it's a great opportunity to bring people here. And uh, ever since I was a younger fellow, testimony, a life story has been for me uh, just a fantastic way to understand a little better how real uh, our creator God still is today. And uh, we get to express that through our experience and how we found him and how relevant he is for us in our lives today. And there's people here tonight I'm sure that have never You wonder, well, if he's there, does he speak to us? And if he speaks, why can't I hear him? And tonight, what we've done in advance is is created an opportunity to hopefully have that happen for some of you that would step out of your comfort zone perhaps and say, you know what, I'd love to hear if God speaks to me or has something to say for me through somebody else. And that's going to happen tonight. We're going to have a couple of groups of speakers our most speakers of uh, people, probably about four or six people, besides our guest speaker that's coming up tonight. And they're going to each get some on this side and some on this side. And after our our, uh, our speaker Lee Evans comes, and when he's done, you're going to have an opportunity to go and meet these people at your own will. Nobody's going to call you up, I don't think. And, uh, and see if God is telling these people something to tell you. It's called words of knowledge or prophecy, and so that's kind of cool. It might sound kind of weird to some of you tonight, but let me tell you a quick little testimony of my own. Many, many years ago, uh, there were some ladies that they thought they had a faith. I believe they did, but from wherever they were being fed spiritually, they didn't have. They weren't being taught. A very deep kind of faith. And they thought, there's just got to be more. So they went to a fair in Regina. And it was actually a psychic fair. Okay? They didn't know any better. They thought God talks to people through psychics. Alright. So they go to this fair, and here, uh, after, they're, after they're going from table to table, they're seeking. They're seeking for answers in life. And uh, here they also come across two men that aren't of the psychic flavor but they're of the true God flavor. They, they, God and, and they have these gifts. Yes, the Bible talks about spiritual gifts. We can back this up with Scripture. Anyways, um, they began to hear testimonies of what God was doing in these men's lives now. Not stories from 2,000 years ago, but now. And These ladies' eyes were open and uh they went up for prayer for these men, and uh really had a, a wonderful experience with the lord and, to be grateful for he spoke about it so we're gonna we're gonna offer that later tonight that might sound kind of weird give it a minute to settle and i think as our speaker comes lee evan turned up met this gentleman not too terribly long ago his wife family. There's some other wonderful people that are also here tonight, even even ones from Malville. They're just great people. I was <laughs> teasing a little Malville. And we love, we love Melville people. We've got people here tonight from uh, Redbury, Pre-Sale uh, Stewardess, uh, Old Lake, Bruno. Bruno. Bruno, Bruno, yes, wow. So we've got a real cross-section of people here tonight, and of course yours. And possibly uh, other places too. So, anyways, uh, Lee, are you ready? Lee's gonna come. I think I'm gonna need a hand. Probably not for you. Thank you. Thank you. We're gonna get him a podium. Matthew, you can help me. We're gonna carry this podium up here. She's got place to put his, uh So we can make them welcome all the way from
3: Thunderbucks.
0: And so it's been encouraging to come and get to know some of, some of you. Uh, I see Vanessa here. She came down to Congress. We were having a conference. And uh, and during some of the, uh, it was, was kind of towards the end of a meeting. And we were praying for a fellow whose arm was really hurting him. That, that we, he was a pastor from Waver. And we were around him, and we were all praying over him, all at once. And I looked over at Vanessa, and she was kind of standing there beside so me. Mean, this is my wife, Tammy, by the way. Vanessa was kind of standing where Tammy was. And I could see that the Holy Spirit was really pressing in on Vanessa. She was intently praying for this man that she had never met with. And as I, as I looked at her, God said, Handed the mic, and, and Vanessa's praying away, and I offer her the mic. I don't do that. <laughs> and, and she's like, <laughs> and I, so I said, well, I feel like God's telling me to give you the mic. So she takes the mic, and then she carries on praying for this man. And then and she's really intently praying out of her heart and spirit for this man. And as she's praying, Jesus healed this man. She starts praying in tongues. And she looks up at me, I don't do that. <laughs> and, and I said, well, you do now. <laughs> And that's how God sometimes works. We don't always know what we need, but that Holy Spirit praying out of her knew exactly what that man laying on the floor. He also knew that Vanessa needed to know him in that way, to be able to operate in that gift. And, and so Vanessa's crying, and she says, the Spirit is just pouring out of her, and I was probably crying too because I love seeing work, And I loved seeing Vanessa get touched, and I loved to be a part of it. And I loved that we had taken steps to purchase that be- building, to have conferences, and we'd pray, and that was our part. And then I just get to watch God show up, and he does his part. And I love that. And I'm going to tell lots and lots of stories similar to that tonight, like how God shows up in, in business. Um, one more story from last year's um, full gospel business conference with Len Zolman. Uh, Aaron and I were sitting beside each other on a queue. i never met Aaron before. he had never met me before. On the first night, they had an offering, and I had emptied out my pocket. Oh, all the cash I had, I, I put in the offering on Friday night. So on Saturday morning, when the offering came around, I was kind of fishing in my pocket, and I didn't have any money left, because I had emptied it out, and I go, forward. Aaron, who doesn't know me, but sees that I didn't have any money, and I had a need, and I wanted to put into the offering, and God puts on his heart, give me 20 bucks, and he put it in the offering. So Aaron gives me 20 bucks, I put it in the offering. And wouldn't you know, I still didn't make it to an ATM for two more meetings. Aaron gave me 20. 20 and 20. All day all, all Saturday, every meeting on Saturday, Aaron kindly, out of out of propulsion from the Holy Spirit and the generosity of his heart, reached into his pocket and gave me 20 bucks for each offer. And then on Sunday morning, as, as we're heading uh, to the last service, uh, God says, stop by the ATM machine. <laughs> so I did, and he said, he said, take out this much, and, and and he said, and you're and you're going to double what Aaron gave to you back into him, and you're going to show Aaron that he's good seed, he's good soil. He gave me seed. Aaron needs to know that he is worth it. He is a kind man with a great heart, and God wanted him to know that. And he blessed me all day Saturday, getting to know him, and with the twenty dollars. So that's how God sets up our relationships. He ingratiated Aaron into me, into my heart, and me into Aaron's heart. And I just ran into Aaron in the hallway, and he said, wow, since Randy announced that you were gonna be speaking, my wife and I have been praying for you for two weeks. I love how God works, and I love men like Aaron. Do you know that you all are here because of a vision? that God gave a man called Demas Shakurian. He was the founder of the Full Gospel Businessman Fellowship. (laughs) He was a a cattle farmer in California, a very large farm. His dad was an aggressive man. They had the largest dairy herd in the world in the 1930s and 40s, 3,000 head of dairy cattle. Pulsing and milk every day. 150,000 pounds of feed every day with 1930 and 1940 tractors and technology. You bet he knew what work was. But God raised up his farm so that he could go around the world with a vision. And we're here because of that vision. And I believe that there are men and ladies and young people in this room that God will give visions to you. Now, you may not ever start the full gospel business in the fellowship, but you may start something else. And you may not be called to go around the world, but you might need to influence your family, your church, your community, your region, your province, your country, and then maybe you'll start going to the next country. And I want to tell you what kind of happened when you get a word from God or a vision, sometimes, and this happened to Demas, and, and from personal experience, it seems pretty common. Um, so Demas has this vision from God that of uh, men all around the world that are that are sad and depressed, and they need to know God and they need encouragement, and, and he just has this vision burning in his heart, and God says, "Start a men's fellowship." And, and, and gave him a, a more detailed uh, you know, vision dream as well. And as he's thinking about it, because it's never been done before, as he's thinking about it, God would send pastors, evangelists, prophets alongside him and say, and of course, demon would share his vision, and they'd say, yeah, God's in that. You, you should do that. So with lots of encouragement and, and lots of God inspired friend. He he calls for the first meeting of the full gospel businessman. He rents Clifton's cafeteria in Los Angeles. It holds 400 people. They invited and expected to have, hopefully, have 400 men show up for that first Saturday morning breakfast. 22 came. And they were just Demas' friends and relatives and faithful men. And he also invited Oral Roberts, was the speaker that morning. Is they respect four hundred? Oral already at this time in 1953 was well known, and, and they thought even just having Oral as the you know head speaker would be enough to bring four hundred in. But only 22 men showed, and they went a whole year every Saturday morning. And Demas was even paying for breakfast for them all. But only 22 to 24 ever showed up every Saturday morning. And it went like that for a whole year. And then one of his faithful friends that he was probably related to in law said, Demas, I I, I think we missed it. We're going to have to give up, and I think I'm off. And uh, Demas. Graciously said, "Well, I understand." And then, but he felt in his heart to carry on. So they had another meeting the next Saturday, and sure enough, that man came back. And Diva said to him, "Well, I, I, I thought you said you, you didn't think this organization was worth two cents." And he said, "Well, I did say that." But last night God showed up in my room and He told me that I need to go there and I need to write you a check for a thousand dollars and we need to get this thing rolling. And then it kept rolling and rolling. And that first night, Lord Roberts had said, "You're going to have there'll be over a thousand chapters of full gospel business, and they only had twenty-two people show up all year, all year." And he's like, "God, oh, you said." Thousands of chapters in hundreds of countries. What? Are we wrong? We, we missed it. And then that first man gave him $1,000, and that was what broke the down. And the Holy Spirit started showing up. And within a few months of that, they had 400 men in the cafeteria. And then more and more. And they had a different district venue that held even more than 400. And we're here today because Demon Shakirian had a vision for God. And I'm here to help you, to encourage you to fan that flame. When God gives you a vision, let's, let's do it. Let's come alongside each other and do it. Let's figure out how we can accomplish what God's calling us to accomplish. It doesn't matter who you are, how young you are, how old you are, anything in between. If God's telling you to do something, you can do it. He, does, he knows you can do it. Or he wouldn't have told you. Now, it, in our case, we've, <laughs> we've, we kept saying yes, just like demons. And I think that's probably the, one of the only things we consistently did really good. <laughs> was when God said, we you do this, we just said yes. We didn't count the cost, we just said yes. We didn't know how hard it was going to be, or we might not have said yes. didn't matter, When God called this, we just keep saying yes. We got, when Randy called me for this meeting a couple weeks ago we asked God you know, are we, are we supposed to speak at this meeting? And what what did he tell you? What did he say we were supposed to talk about?
4: Um, well, I started praying for each of you before as soon as I asked Lee I started praying for each of you. So none of you are here by accident God has an incredible plan and tonight is fine. And so we've been praying for you. And the Lord just said, sometimes I ask him for an illustration. I say, like, where are people at or what do they need to be encouraged about? And the Lord just said to me, remember the day in your kitchen. And it was a day that um, the Lord just came into my kitchen. And that morning he had said, whatever Lee comes home with at lunch, I want you to do. It's at me. And I said, okay. And I had, my dream was always to be a bank manager. Since I was five, that's what I was going to do. didn't really deviate from it. After Bible school, I went to business school, and took business administration and marketing, and I was going to be a bank manager. So right out of school, the next weekend after, I started my job uh, in the TD Bank, management team, and I left my job. But uh, God had other plans. And uh, I married Lee and we moved to Carnett. And I still had my dream of being a bank manager, that's what I wanted to do. And so I was pretty sure that if I didn't buy land, I wasn't gonna have to stay there. So I just kind of avoided it at every cost, just kind of avoided the conversation, didn't really want to buy land, knew I didn't want to stay there, I wanted to go back to the city. And so guess what, Lee comes home at lunch. He said, i got an offering and i thought, oh my goodness and i knew then that i was never going back to the scene. i knew that it was that that dream was done but i also knew that when god cared about me enough to walk into my kitchen and speak that to me that it was going to be worth it and oh my goodness has it been we live the sweet life of a Tammy. and people say that always because God has blessed us. We have five incredible kids that we school. and we—they live on a farm, and we—the things that we get to do are far beyond what I could have ever do. So I just want to say to you tonight: I really feel like you're. If God hasn't presented you with this opportunity, He's going to in the next couple of weeks or months, and He's going to ask you to do something, and it might take a risk. But if I can just tell you one thing from my heart tonight, just say yes. Because it is so worth it. Just, we have lived such an incredible adventure together. Because, and I'm not going to tell you it's easy, but I am going to tell you that it's absolutely incredible. And it's beyond what you could ever ask.
0: For oh what? When I came home that that day with that, I knew <laughs> she wasn't going to receive that. You know, I I said, "Hey, babe, you want to buy a section of land?" <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> now, here's kind of the God part. Aside from God having, you know, my wife wouldn't have ever probably gone for that, had not stepped in, in and voice, We didn't have the money to buy land. We, we were young farmers. I farmed with my dad. Uh, we rented some land. And, um, I received a salary from the farm. We weren't really making a whole lot of money. It was pretty tough slugging in uh, the early 90s. So even though the guy offered us Section of land at a, at a very nice price. It was a, at that time it was forty thousand dollars a quarter. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the thirty two thousand for a down payment. So when I came home and said, "Hey, you want to buy some land?" I was pretty sarcastic about it because I didn't think it was possible. But she said, "Well, God said He's in it. We should do it." And I said, "Okay." So we started praying. I like "God, I don't, I don't have thirty two thousand. How are we going to how are we even going to buy this land?" So I, the next week, the, the gentleman came back to the farm, and I said, well, I, I, I'd like to buy the land, but you know, I, I can't really uh, afford it. And, and I didn't really know the, the man that well at all. My, my dad had rented a quarter section of land from him home for 15, 20 years. And the man said, well, I've done pretty well farming. I'll finance you. And I said, great. He said, how about you give me 10000 now, and for, you know, for this year, for the down payment, and for financing, how about we do this? I can't get only 3% interest in the bank. You would have to borrow at 7% interest. How about we land in the middle at 5%? So well, that's what we did. And that started, God made a way where there wasn't a way. Because I, couldn't have done that. I wouldn't have thought of that. He just right out handed that to us. It was a, a great relationship. I was able to make the payment every March 15th and go I have a visit with him once a year, and it worked out perfectly. Out of that land, after a number of years of paying for it, all of a sudden you have equity, and the land you know, as anybody that farms knows, the land prices went up. Right now, that land's worth five times what it was then. Well, 10 years ago, we had an opportunity. My wife's uh, mother and father owned the current subway. Uh, he wanted to retire and offered it to us. And he said, yeah, we'd like to do that. Tammy was already managing it at the time. We'd like to do that. Well, the equity in the land allowed us to buy the subway without a nickel ball. All because my wife said yes. And I think that's how God does business. More than we realize. It's that word. Randy mentioned there's a team that will give you a word tonight. We have lived on words for a long time. We took steps on words for a long time. And we've had so many amazing things happen because we took those steps. Um, when we started, just to give you a little bit of a background, Tammy and I were raised in a church that uh, did not believe in the uh, gifts, believed in cessation of it all, uh, you know, speaking in tongues, prophecy, all ended uh, in AD 70 with the apostles. And so I didn't know anything about that. And really, even that was kind of one of the first times God had ever really kind of spoke to Tammy that, that we knew that was God speaking to her about, about whatever Lee comes home with is of me. And we got invited to uh to a prophetic meeting, but the, the prophet was named was Denny Kramer. And I didn't even know what a prophet was. I wasn't even sure that prophets were even a thing. Past 80, 70, because you know, my, my friends, my Sunday school teacher, my pastor, my parents all said that all ended. So when I got invited, I was kind of like pretty skeptical. But I went and Danny Kramer operated very well in the gift of prophecy. And and I knew some of the people at this other church, and, and they seemed to be really getting touched by what he was saying. And so about halfway through the meeting, I had a realization that, you know what, I think this is real, and and I I think it's God. Even though I don't believe in it, I I think God is in this. And that was kind of the start of a a really big adventure for us. Because at that point, when you realize that God is in something that you thought he wasn't, you then have a choice. It was the best choice you ever made. The next meeting we went to, this this prophet would come, he was out of Pennsylvania, and he would come to this other church about every six months, maybe four months. The next meeting we went to, I I was a little bit changed by then. I was a little more expectant, knowing what was going to happen. We took some friends with us. A friend of ours named Robin came with us. She had, I don't know what stage cancer, you would call it stage four cancer, my wife says. She had... uh, cancer eating into her ribs. That, that's how far it was. She had pain, lots of pain, because that's how deep the cancer was eating into her ribs. At the meeting, uh, it, it was a great meeting. I, I was taking it all in. Towards the end of the meeting, then he started, uh, he'd say, Matthew, would you please stand up? And then he would give Matthew a Friday quarter. And then, and then he said, somebody in here has a has a pain in their side. Would, would somebody that has a pain in their side, is there somebody with a pain in their side? Would, would you stand up? I believe God wants to heal you. I believe God has a word for you. Nobody stood up. It's kind of unusual because up to that point in the night, there have been lots of people stand up, but all of a sudden there was nobody standing up. And then he said, okay, Everybody take your right hand and put it on the shoulder of the person, on the left shoulder of the person next to you. My friend was Robin, happened to be the person next to me. I put my hand on their shoulder. As he started praying, my arm went on fire. Completely on fire. Started from my shoulder down to my hand. At the point of my hand, it was completely on fire where it was touching her. I never experienced anything like that. I had no idea what was going on. But I really felt like it was God healing Robin through me. I'd been reading Dutch Sheets' book at the time called Intercessory Prayer, and I determined that I was gonna pray for Robin every day thereafter, every day. I, I prayed for her hours. I, I was farming. I'd be in the tractor praying for her for hours that that healing would completely manifest. When we left the meeting that night, I said to Robin, "Did you did you feel that heat? My hand was completely on fire." And she said, "No, I didn't feel it." <laughs> so she actually had to go on my faith that she was healed, and I was assured of it because there's no way my hand was on fire. It's been. Uh, 15 years since that meeting. She's alive, going strong. She was at our daughter's wedding last year. I love God. I love when God shows up. I love when the sick are touched. And through our business, I'm going to share a little more. We've rolled, we have a ministry as well. Um, There's lots of stories. I'll I'll keep going. But that was how we started, and that was my introduction to God and healing people. And I wanted more of it. Every day I want more of that. I want to see all of you heal. Some of the years that I can't, so I want to see you deal with I'm not saying God's telling me exactly we prayed for it right now. But I want to see you heal. it. You can do it. I know He can. Because He did it Um After that experience, uh, we realized... We, we didn't quite fit in our church anymore. We, all our friends were there. I was a deacon. We had—I was, I was the youth leader. It was all we knew. My parents went there. Uh, we, we just had a little daughter at the time. Um, I want to say this because it's important. to the man, my dad growing up never went to church. He always supported us. Like, but mom always took us three boys. Dad never went. He was always supporting. And then, all of a sudden, Dad started coming to church one day, as we're older. And it was amazing to see him there. And he'd obviously had some sort of a experience with God, but he's kind of a shy man talking about his faith. So he, he never really told us what that experience was. And God's telling us to leave. Just you know, two, three months after he started coming. Oh, my friend. Oh. Man,
4: but one it was one day both
0: Tammy and I looked at each other. I think that's almost a week. And we were like, wow, that's we don't understand that. We like it. We like our friends. We like you like the way church rolls here. But we knew in our hearts that for whatever reason God was fine kind as of we left on very good terms. No, no fights. No. We just, but we left to go to go nowhere. Just we just left. It, it was hard to do that. It was hard to overcome my fear of man, my friends of me. To give that up, we felt like we were giving up a lot, for God. But I want to tell you, God has blessed us. Maybe a thousand for for making that choice. We gave precious. And it was not lost on him. I say a thousand fold, I don't be undercutting him. Because I know a million fold is kind of easy to get. We're just getting going. It's such a fun adventure. I want all of you to be able to experience God's adventure. And I know some of you like the ones I know already, I know that's tugging on your heart. We've already been doing things. Um, you know, Randy's had a tug on his heart for the full gospel businessman. We wouldn't be here if Randy and several other men didn't have it on their heart to make this happen. They want to see God in this region. They want to see God in your homes. They want to see God change your business. They want to see God affect your family. They want to see your kids doing well. They want to see your kids knowing God. They want to see you knowing God more. There's a lot riding on this. Your whole life is riding on your relationship with God. I want to say it's the funnest adventure you can ever have. It's also the most difficult by far of anything you can do in your life. When God calls you to do something, it's probably going to be a stretch. It's almost never going to be easy. But you know what? It's because you'll be better after you're stretched. Because God knows you have more in you than what you're doing right now. And He wants to see it come to fullness. Because He needs it to happen on this earth to affect your friends, your family, your neighbors. They need to know Him. He wants to know them. He needs you to tell them about Him. So he can walk with them in relationship. If you don't walk with God in relationship and take on the adventure that that he's calling you to, if you don't start the vision that he's telling you to act on, they may never come to know him. If Demon Security had not acted on that vision, millions, millions, millions wouldn't know God today. So, I'm challenging you when God gives you a vision, a word, jump on it, and I'm going to cheer you on, and your friends are going to cheer you on, and you're going to cheer your friends on. When God activates you, I'm going to use the word activate. Because I was living pretty comfortably, we were living pretty comfortably. And then He said, I want you to do more. Start with buying that section of land. And then you're going to buy silver, and then you're going to use the equity to build to buy a building to run ministry out. And in that building, we've seen people get learned how to pray in tongues. We've seen people heal. And one of the most precious things to me, I helped my dad in that building for the first time in my life. And had I not kept saying yes to God, I went on my whole life without ever getting a hug from my dad. I knew he loved me. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. That just, hugging was just not ever a thing we did in our house. In that moment, when God worked it out, Lenzo then was at doing the conference. My dad was screaming tears, and I probably was too. And we reached over and put, 60 years now after the after farming, we've got moved us in. This is a cool story, also from also from the prophet Danny Kramer. He gave so after my friend Robin was healed. The next meeting, I got a word from Danny Kramer. And one of the things he said was, God's going to move you into self-employment, and he's going to send some men to you that have been unfaithful to their vows. And, and at the time I was like, Great, you are going to start making enough money farming that I won't have to take. The wage from dad anymore and, and you know I just thought the farm would start doing it better financially. Didn't work out that way at all. We got to that point where we weren't broke but we had no money. And if we didn't do something different I might not be able to make that payment in the spring. It's a tough tough year, tough harvest. So I said, okay God you said you want to move me into self-employment. What are we going to do? And I felt like I wanted to do construction. I knew nothing about construction. I farmed for 13 years before, two years at business school where I met Pam. Farm all before that. knew nothing about construction, but I felt like that was where God was calling me. So I started my own construction company. And our, the second employee I hired, we were building a house in our yard. We were doing like an RPM, like Dennis Chuck does. We were doing an RPM in our farm yard. And the Another employee came into our house at lunchtime on his first day and he said, I've been unfaithful to my vows. Who uses that term? <laughs> <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> the prophet and, and the carpenter. So we knew we were fully in God's will at that point. And I was so sure things were going to go so easy. Easy, easy. We're at God's will. This has got to be. Oh, this is going to be the most easy thing we've ever done now. You all know I had no clue. That employee was extremely difficult. He had been a great man with a family, and he made one wrong choice. And it ruined his life. Yeah. And at the point when he came to my company, he had a was a recovering alcoholic, um, you know, addicted to cigarettes, had some other problems, had completely lost his family. He was a mess. And I knew God had put him there, for, and I knew I needed to do my best to love him. He was difficult, especially fifteen minutes before his <laughs> next cigarette. I remember being on, the roof, on a roof shingling one day, and him and, him and another fellow, it was about 10 minutes before the cigarette break, right? him and another fellow just kind of brushed, brushed each other on, on, on the arm. And he goes, You did have on no purpose! He's mad, he throws down what he was carrying, and he's ready for a fight. And I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. And, and the other fellow was like, What? But that fellow had a lot of pressure and demons and problems. He had ruined his life. And I had to learn how to start dealing with things. I had to stretch myself to figure out, okay, God, how how am I going to deal with this kind of situation? And God graciously, over and over, gave me some words to say, to work it out with both of them, to help that man calm down. And that's the start of why business is so important for me. Because it was working out all my problems. It was stretching me, taking me to the next step to learn how to love people that were hard to love. There was a lot going on that I had to learn. I knew nothing about construction to start with. Every day was an adventure that I had to spend the evening before learning what I was going to do the next day. It was straight up learning. But I knew that God was in it and I knew that He wanted me there. There were months where we had to borrow money at the end of the month from my wife's parents to make the payroll. And then, usually, some more money would come in and we'd be able to pay back. It was hard, very hard. Dima Shakirian went all over the world telling people about the best thing in the world that could happen to them, God. But it can be hard. And I want to tell you that hard, couldn't be up here today unless I went through those trials because I would have had nothing to tell you about. I wouldn't have been able to tell you about all the times God came through for us when we needed a miracle. That's the school that we bought. By this time we had a, a small group of friends and, and we would officially kind of started a ministry. One day the fellow that owned the school came to me and said, do you want to buy this school? And I said yes, and the reason I said yes is because five years earlier, we had, we had, our construction company had paid intercessors. Five years earlier, one of our intercessors said, you're gonna own that school. Lee and Tammy are gonna own that school one day. We had no understanding why, but when the fellow came to me, he said, I have to sell it today. I said, well, what do you mean you gotta sell it today? Well, the town's gonna to foreclose on it tomorrow. Town council meeting tonight. I'm back. I'm in back taxes. They're gonna foreclose. I said, Well, how much do you want for it? He said, 75,000. So uh, I talked to Tammy and we said, You know, the thought came to us, he's not, he's, he was only in arrears a few years, 17,000 or something like that. So the thought came to us, Well, you probably take seventeen thousand. He's clear. We get the building at a great price. So we asked God, and He said, "Nope, it's about that man's heart. You pay him the full 75000 So we did. I, I phoned the. I know the mayor of the town council worked with them. I phoned the mayor, and I said, "Hey, me and this guy are working on a deal. Do, do you have to have the money tomorrow?" He said, "Oh no." You don't want to, oh, no problem. You're working on the deal, yeah, whatever, take your time, get it done. So we are all one. And that's the way I feel like God's business works. And that's 75000 So my next story is going to tell you about where the 75000 came from to pay for that building. The year before, how am I going to time, Randy? Okay. i about to start buying my watch and go, you know, I. I'll tell you what, I could talk for days and days about God. Yes, he can. <laughs> I love God, and I love what he does in our lives, and I love business. And even more than that, I love all of you. And I want to see you excel. And if I have to tell stories for three days in a row, I would. i love it. We'd all win. Um... One of the projects, we, we built a large uh, commercial shop for an oil company in Carnegie. It had a, a shop and offices in the front of it. And two or three years after we built it, it burned to the ground. Uh, a large clump of snow came off the roof and hit the natural gas meter and cracked a, uh, a thread on the natural gas pipeline going into the building. It, and and when the furnace kicked up, it rocked the neighbors' windows half a mile, half a mile away, and within 15 minutes, you could not tell there was a building there. It burned the loaders, the building. You couldn't tell we used wood in that thing. It was crazy. The next the next morning, the owner of the company, uh, I I just heard about the fire, and I looked at my phone, and I had already missed the call from the owner. i was like, Oh, no, and I had no idea what caused the fire, nor did anybody, but it's was like, oh, I hope we didn't do something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty serious, and I'll, and I'll tell you what, um, insurance companies go ahead hunting. Um, if you're the cause, they'll see your pants up. I, we had crossed their T's and nodded our eyes, and it was nobody's fault, but they would have hung somebody if they could. But the owner of the company said, oh, we just had a fire. Um, Gonna probably need an estimate. And, Do you want to build it again? And I was like, Oh, thank you, God. These were some of the best customers we'd ever had. They're in the oil business. They didn't know God, but they had money and they were making more tomorrow.
1: <laughs>
0: and they were nice people, great people. Top ten customers ever. And I said, Yeah, Bob, well, I'm happy to build your building again. He said, Well, we have insurance, it'll be fully covered. Um, you know, replacement insurance will be fully covered. Would you get started on the process? And uh, you know, of course, I'll need a price for insurance. So I we, we do the quote. Um, it was 1.1 million to rebuild it. He takes it to his insurance company, he said, and they say, Oh, you are only insured for one million, and so. <laughs> They tell Bob maybe you should get some more quotes, talk to a couple more construction companies, see if see if they'd be cheaper. Or, you know, talk. And so Bob came back to me and he said, "Is there anything you can do to bring this price down?" And at that point, I knew I had you know my markup in there. I had about twenty five percent markup in there, but I didn't really want to give up a dollars gonna really hurt my my net my bottom line my income and and so I asked God I said what, what should I do about this price do I you know I, I could drop it might still be 150 or better out of it I could do that and you know what he told me he said is your family worth that profit is the ministries that you give out of that profit are they worth it in Cardiff, there's a young ladies in crisis ministry that were very involved. With. He said, "Are those young ladies worth it?" And so I really felt like I was supposed to stick at my price, but knowing that the insurance companies could drive that business to other construction companies, and I phoned Tammy, and so tomorrow I was that day I was going to email the, I needed to email the price to the owner. And I phoned Tammy, and I said what do you think I should do about this? She asked God, and God told her, phone William. William is our prophetic business consultant from Charlotte, North Carolina. So I phoned William, and right off the hop, he says, God says, Lee, Bob wants to do business with you. You did a great job building that building before. They'll pay that extra 100000 out of their own pocket. Stick to your price. So I sent off the email. The next day Bob phones me. Okay, well, I know you did your best to cut cut some costs, and that's what it is, that's what you need. And and he said, We want to do business with you. You did a great job. We're gonna pay that extra hundred thousand out of our own company. So we built And we made a large profit, and out of that profit, we were sitting on an extra seventy-five thousand dollars that we were able to buy the school. And out of that school is healing, prophecy, people being touched by God. I see tears every week. That's how I know God's touching people because He always brings them to the point of tears. Just like Venice crying when she's. I don't do this. I love it. And we had to say yes. And we had to tolerate some times of nobody showing up. We had to keep coming every week, trusting God. We had to keep doing business even when we didn't have any money. Things were always tight and tough. I didn't know anything, and on top of that, I had a fear of man. When you have a fear of man, I want to tell you how this works in business. If you don't already know it, and I hope you don't have it, but I did. And a fear of man will make you undercut almost every quote you ever do because you're worried about what they're going to say. So I had a really hard time making money for a lot of years until God said, "Are you it? Are they?" He said, "I." Can. We're getting rid of that fear, Uh, man. I started to enjoy business. He also sent some other men around me. One in particular, my office manager, estimated. He's a real genius. I want to share this story about second chances. This man made a mistake. He was his own business owner. And, uh, you know, he did did some stuff that he shouldn't do. And the whole town shot him. and uh, he didn't end up going to jail, but he went through a lot of counseling and probably has a bit of a criminal record. And one day, Tammy was driving into Cardiff, and she said, God, if you were in Cardiff, where would you be? And God said, I'd be at this house. Because they're in the most pain of anybody in town. right So my wife took a bouquet of flowers, and she went to their house and gave And as they happened to be on that front, on the front step and as she starts walking and we didn't really know him that well. You know, just like in you know, business a little bit. As she starts walking up that step with flowers, they both broke down in tears. Because they had been shunned for so long. When somebody with the love of God comes walking up the walkway with flowers, it breaks off a lot. And that man, he's a genius. He's propelled my construction business way farther than I ever could have. Because he's amazing at numbers. Doesn't He didn't know anything about construction when he started, but he threw himself into that so hard to learn. Because he was so grateful that somebody gave him a second chance. And a lot of times we don't realize that he, Jesus gives us a second chance every day. A lot of times we might look down the end of our nose and boy that guy that guy made a mistake. He didn't even know God probably made mistake. But had we just kept looking down our nose and God hadn't stepped in and told us he needs your love. He needs a job we would have missed out on the most amazing story we ever could have imagined. I'm so glad Jesus gave me a second chance. So, God he gave you the 490. Um, we are building a city of refuge, however, we're doing time on five We're building, a. God's called us to build a city of refuge in Carnivore. This is kind of like my, you know, a little bigger thing, like Demas was called to with full gospel business. God wants to see Carnivore. Be a safe place where orphans and widows are taken care of. Where you all can come to the meeting center and be touched and go back rejuvenated. With something new, something you needed. you need to come and cry for a while? <sighs> I've cried a lot. God was gracious enough to hear my cries. One of my cries was. Well, my family is not doing very well. That was about well, 10 years ago. Because I was not doing very well. I was really insecure. I was not lifting my wife up with my words. And, and our kids and my wife were really foundering under my leadership at that time. And I cried out to God, I said, God, I need some help. And you know what he started doing? He started sending people into my life that gave into me, that gave me a little knowledge, a little bit more, a little more of God, a little bit more. And he started healing my heart, started fixing that insecurity and inferiority, started getting rid of that fear of man. I started to know him more. And and now uh, well, in no way do I want Come across this very, but you'd have to run pretty hard to keep up with how well we're doing. And I think that just more important. the more I press into God, the more He shows uh, One quick thing for for business. Because we're down the last three minutes. Uh, I feel like aligning with assignment was a real turning point for us. And this has just been in the last few years where we started working towards the city of reference. When we purchased that building on faith, we don't really need 20,000 of classrooms and gymnasiums. We didn't even know we were going to do conferences there at that time. But we took a step. We started aligning with our assignment that vision that Demas had, he aligned with that vision and God propelled his business more than you could ever imagine. And I feel like God's propelling our business this year alone. I want again. I don't want to ever cross the parading, but I feel like I feel like you all need to know, you know, how big God is, what He can do. And for a lot of times we don't talk about money in the church. But this year alone, we bought a house for a doll, a motel for a hundred dollars. So but gave me a the hotel that was built in town had a temporary construction building. The owner of the hotel phoned me and said, "You can clean it up. You can have it." Cost me about twelve hundred dollars and later to clean it up. We walked away with about eight thousand in materials. There's about, over five thousand dollars of trim in that in that building. The house that we bought for doll had a double garage. It was loaded with stuff to the rafters. I mean, in the rafters loaded. We took away, there was like five lawnmowers, two snow blowers, a swimming pool for the kids, tools, bikes, everything you can imagine was in that garage that we got for doll. And now, with that motel, we haven't got it fixed up yet, just a little But we did fix up the house in the other entry. Just a few days ago, on December 1st, I got a check. Got a picture up every month about setting us up. We have five houses, one flip house, and one seed house. That land we bought, about years ago, there was a house on it, an old farmhouse. We already have a farmhouse for our own. We said, we'd like to sell that in our ministry, God. God sent a family that does youth ministry across Canada to Cardiff. They, they were ministering at the church we used to go to. And God said, You tell that, that family that we have a house that they can have here in Carnival. So Tammy told them, and they said, Wow, on Wednesday this week, God said your house is in Cardiff. So 15 years ago they moved into the house. We've never once took a penny for that rent. And in fact, we paid their gas bill and their power bill for a lot of years. Which is probably why God told us to build the 13,000 square of house for ourselves. We sold a lot of seed. And then God sends the prophets and the apostles in and he says, You didn't build this big enough. And we're like, Yeah, but we started this process. We had no money. This, this is a hard one. I'm, i got to make this quick. Len Zoderman came up to us at camp one day. And he said, I see two houses. What's that about? Tammy says, we have a one-story house that we think we could get a mortgage for and build, and we have two-story green house that we love to do, but it's really big, and you know, we just can't do that. And Len's, Len said straight face to Tammy. He said, God said, pick one and build it. We went home and we said we want to do the dream. God says we can do it. Let's do the dream. We had no idea the fork in the road that we were choosing. You want to go home every night and watch television? It ain't the 13,000 square foot house. You want to do what God tells you to do? It's going to be a 15,000 square foot house when we put the additional. When we started building, we had zero dollars. We got into it, all framed up, about $300,000. And we still didn't have any money. God had not sent the money in the mailbox like we hoped. Soon it had to be that way. He told us to do it. I had the number of the mailbox directly above ours, right here, printed in my head, and looking in mine. It never came. I'll tell you what. When it never comes, you learn how to press into God harder than you could ever imagine. We were three hundred thousand dollars in debt, and we were running hard. I took my guys back to customer work, and God just kept bringing in job after job after job. And I'm not kidding. It probably took us four years to pay off that. Because if you spend three hundred thousand in after-tax money, it takes about four hundred or five hundred thousand in pre-tax money. End up with $300. Sometimes it's really hard. But that house is for the kingdom of God. That was for Lee and Tammy to stretch beyond what they ever thought possible. And God has sent us more businesses, more projects, more ideas, more vision. We have several other businesses now that we're starting that are going to be part of the profit from them is going to pay for that house. And that house wasn't just for Lee and That house was for the region and the world. And I think when you figure out that aligning with assignment is not about just your personal needs, and you realize that it's about your neighbor and your region and the girls in that house that need help, in your country, I think then you'll see God roll on you like you can imagine. That's when the motels come, because we're going to do a live base in that school. That's what the motels for. That'll be apartments part of this, the staff as they come. And the other houses, the dollar house, maybe somebody will rent that. And the other rental houses, they have purchased. We have no idea. God just kept walking and talking with us to get us to this point. And i got to tell you, it was really hard. But it was worth it every second. And it'll always pay off. So I want to encourage you guys. Like, when, when I was praying with Randy about this meeting, I felt like it was saw so a picture of Randy sowing seeds. And this meeting is about seeds. God's sown into you something that you need to know. You need to know how to tackle those things that you don't think are tackled. And you know what? You need friends to help you. You may need in laws to help you. You may need your parents to help you. But one day your dad's going to hug you. And I don't do my earthly father. And he's going to say, Well done, son. or daughter. And I'm going to cry like I've never cried before. And it's going to be worth every late night and early morning and everything in between. He and my father said, "Well done, am Run, run the race. I want you all to run with If I can help you, I will. You can help me, I bet you." All right. We're going to move into that time of ministry. Randy spoke about. I to tell a story to move into that. A month ago, a young lady came to our Friday night meeting. During worship, the second song, God said to me, Go tell that young lady, and I didn't know her the first time she'd ever come to her building. Go tell that young lady that I'm really proud of her and give her a high five. And I'm in worship and I'm looking up at the screen and I'm and I'm getting this from God, and I'm like, I don't really know. I don't know
1: if that's
0: who kept God kept on. He's like, Go tell that lady, go tell that young lady. So I went over to her and I said, This may sound really weird, but God told me to come and tell you that you're doing a great job and he's really proud of you. And that I'm supposed to give you a high five. And as I gave her the high five, the Spirit of God dropped on her. And she just went, and cried for the next 20 minutes. That was so what she needed to hear. She. Just that week when crying out to God, I feel like I'm a failure, God. And then when that guy that she didn't know walked up to her and said, God really probably you're doing a great job. It broke off the lies that she was a failure. And the spirit of God dropped on her and just loved her. I went back to my spot, sure enough, the spirit of God dropped on me and I started crying almost as hard as she. I bless this both form, than I can imagine just because I obey, even though I don't think I've listened tell to Tonight, there's going to be, if you're, if you're familiar, and, and you know how to listen from God, and, and he tells you to tell your friend or somebody you don't know, something that they, something like that, hey, you're doing a great job. okay that's something to start the gospel women. Business, well, I, I don't know. Whatever, whatever God might tell you, it's okay to take that step. We're practicing, we're learning, we're walking, we're talking. Things are hard. Getting over our fear of telling somebody we don't know that God's problem with them actually not a big deal. It might be for you, it might be for you. You might have something else that's hard for you. But that was the most important thing I could have done for that young lady that night. She went on that next week. She went on TikTok. And she shared uh, her (laughs) testimony. And then the next week, God gave her a vision. and She went on TikTok and shared that vision. She had a million hits on that vision in three days and gained 69,000 followers in one day. I'm not taking it for that whatsoever, but she needed to know that God loved and that He was her. and that probably was part of a step to encourage her to go on TikTok talk and share her testimony, share that vision. And because of that, a million people got to hear her vision of God. And you never know how important it is to tell something that God is telling you to somebody else. And there, there's a team of people, Vanessa and friends, that'll will come up here and, and if you want to hear from God, come and talk to them, or meet around you, whoever, know, whoever's up here. Or, or your neighbor at the table, if they feel like they hear from God, talk to them. And if you have something for your neighbor, don't be repressed. Don't miss your opportunity. I've got to tell you, the worst thing I ever did was not listen to God. It's horrible. Another thing, great tradition of the old gospel business, if you're here tonight, and this is maybe new to you, and you maybe don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, this is a wonderful place to start the walk. Gotta start somewhere. Maybe if you don't. You're among friends. Not only will I help you out you on, tell you it's the best decision you'll ever make. And so will everybody else in here. So if you don't want Jesus and you want to know Jesus, come and talk to one of us. And I gotta tell you it will be one of the biggest thrills of our lives if you do. No great is still to bring somebody into the kingdom that doesn't know God yet. So that that, that door is open here tonight, if you would like to do that, <coughs> come talk to <with> us If <coughs> you need anything, yeah. come talk to us. Talk to your friend, talk to your neighbor. They probably know God just like that. be better. I want to see it first. All right. It's all been amazing. I can see your taking in stuff. And I want you to just run. Run harder than you've ever run with. You're not too young and you're not too old. All right. Vanessa and the friends are going to come up. I'll be here as well. Others there's lots of people in this room that can tell you about Jesus, give you a word, encourage you, whatever you need. How All right. Thank you guys for allowing me to share. This is a big blessing. You said something about, uh... All right. Well, these people that are so we have with us here, uh, actually my pastor, I don't remember other people's pastor from church here, pastor Cheryl Prince from Prairie Harvest. We brought a team from Prairie Harvest that are going to uh, assist. You guys can come, make yourselves available, a little a few on this side, a few on this side. And uh this gentleman right here is available, lead. And uh, I dare to put it to the test. Step out of the step out of the hope is the word, and uh that's not something you're you're looking for tonight, and don't worry about it. But you want to thank each and every one of you for coming tonight. Prayer is available, prayer is a big part of what we believe in. And uh, without it, What are we really anyhow? So, if you want to be dismissed, the Lord bless you. It's all really good. Can we just say a prayer every tonight together? you Father God, thank you for your Word that has come uh, forth of our, our friend and your Son, Lee here tonight. Lord, we just pray that uh, it's fallen on to hearts that are are. Uh, willing to receive from whatever it is he wants to receive. Lord, first of all, we know that you want us to uh, know you in that, in that personal way. So Father, there's anybody here tonight that doesn't know really, they may be believing you, but they're not really sure if they know you. But they wouldn't leave this place, first of all, without making sure that they do. No matter what their past is, or their present is, what, what, uh, but they've been taught, or well, if anybody here, you're not really sure, then you need to make sure. It's that simple, and uh, it's the best place to start. And uh, there's some really great people here tonight that would be uh, very capable of answering any questions that you may have, or or just you might say, you know what, I don't even know why or what to where to start, but would you just pray for me and start right there? That would be a great place to start. And uh, let's go from there. We just pray, traveling mercies uh, upon everybody as they leave here tonight. And uh, you pray and and believe that we'll be able to keep, to have this blessing and this privilege of being able to be here together as the Lord uh, leads. So there you have it. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, James. Thank you, everybody, for coming. We ask that if you need to leave, you respectfully leave so quietly. And uh, yeah, if somebody is at your table and you think they, they need a little encouragement or need to hold their hand, please do so. And uh, God bless you all. Really good. Have a merry, merry Christmas. If we don't see you before then, God bless.